Today on Hardwired. When you are tempted, he will show you what? Say it with me, a way out, an exit door. See that exit sign? When you're in the middle of a temptation, God is faithful to show you an exit door. And you take it while the taking is good. Because if you don't take it as soon as you see it, the more time that elapses, the more likely you're not going to walk through that door. You are listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire, the founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Maybe you've noticed that our culture is pretty messed up these days, which makes people feel anxious and filled with questions. They want peace, but have a hard time finding it or making it last. Well, Pastor Jeff is going to share in the message today about how you can finally be filled with hope, security, and most importantly, that peace you're looking for. We know that you're going to enjoy the message, but you can also listen to it again or any of the messages anytime you would like at our website, hardwired.org. Let's get right to the message. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up today on Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for making us a part of your very busy day. Well, this is the last message in our series on hearing God, and it may be one of the most important of the four, because we're going to talk today about how to test the spirits. You know, in our day, there are so many false voices out there all over social media. Everywhere you turn, you hear things that kind of make you go, could that possibly be right? Is that really God? Well, today we're going to learn how to test the spirits. First John 4, 1 tells us to do it. So we're going to learn how to discern the difference between what is God and what is not of God. I think this is such a crucial message for this day and hour. I can't wait to share part two of the message, how to test the spirits. Let's go. We're going to talk about testing the spirits, trying the spirits. I want you to look at what John says in 1 John 4, 1 through 6, good old John the apostle wrote five New Testament letters, Gospel of John, three letters, and the book of Revelation. That's no small resume. Amen? But look what he says here now. He's talking to the church. He says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Do we have a few around in our day? By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. So not the actual man who is yet to appear, but the spirit that propels him, that Antichrist spirit. It's already in the world. It was in the world in the days following the the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. In the early church, the spirit of Antichrist was there. Antichristos, Antichrist. You heard that he was coming, and now he's in the world, that spirit. Now, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Because he who is in you, read this. We love this, don't we? Let's read it together. He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Do you believe that? Give the Lord a hand of praise for that. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. But look what he says about you and me. We are of God. 
He who knows God, say it with me, hears us. He who is not of God, what does it say? Does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. As we have studied the subject, hearing God, we've explored the various ways in which God speaks to us, such as through his word. That's primary. That's the numero uno way, the word. Never forget it, charismatic Christian. I'm, I'm full of the Holy Spirit, believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but I've learned by some hard knocks that the word of God is the first and foremost and primary and ultimate way God speaks. All right? It's the word. So there you have a completed canon of 66 books full of the word of God. It is the word of God. Now, but he also speaks through his peace. If you lose your peace, you need to pray about what you're doing or what you're thinking about doing. He speaks through peace. And then he speaks through accommodating, affirming circumstances. He opens doors or he closes doors. And when God does that, he's speaking to us. A closed door can be as big a blessing as an open door. He speaks through the inward promptings of the Holy Spirit, a nudge on the inside. We talked about that. Now, God definitely speaks today, but there are also other voices in the world. And in our text, John calls them spirits, pneuma. That's, that's the Greek word for spirit, pneuma. And literally saying that there are spirits out there, invisible beings that communicate, that speak, that lead people astray. They're spirits of error. The word of God is quick and powerful, Hebrews 4.12 says. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Look at what it does. It cuts between soul and spirit. It cuts between joint and marrow. And I can take it further and say it cuts between truth and error. And it reveals the truth of a thing. It's to be used the same way with all their kinds of temptations and issues. When one is tempted, for instance, to experiment with drugs, how do you handle it? Let's just do a hypothetical situation here. Now, I go here because drugs have invaded our culture. People are being destroyed by meth, cocaine, heroin, alcohol, you name it. I mean, by the millions are being destroyed. And it, not one of those people ever woke up one day and said, you know, today I think I'm gonna go get addicted. And I believe today I'm gonna go ruin my life. And I'm gonna waste away and lose my looks and lose my health and lose my friends and lose my family and lose my money and lose everything. What a great idea. Nobody wakes up thinking that way. So how do they end up that way? The enemy comes to them and says, you know, you ought to try this one time. You're with a person or you're with a group and, and you end up around them and suddenly somebody pulls out some drugs, okay? And they're introduced and you look at it. They say, try it, man, it's cool. It's all right, you can try it once, you're all right. Everybody ought to try it once. You may say no at that time, but the temptation to try it just once begins to work on you. And you begin to wonder in the theater of your mind, gee, should I just try it once? Would it really hurt anything to try it once? After all, everybody does it. After all, why not just get out there and, and get high one time so I can say I did it? And what if I'm missing something? And it can't be that bad because so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, they do it. So why not just try it just once? The voice says, now that's the time to test the voice. What does scripture say? So if you don't know exactly how to find the passages, now here I'm going to get real basic for you. Real basic, but this is where we live. If you don't know exactly how to find the passages that speak to the issue you're struggling with, try your concordance. Everybody hold your Bible up. Hold your Bible up in the air. Wave it. 
Oh, there's your sword. There's your life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of that book. Now, in the back of that Bible, you probably have a concordance. If it's not a very good one, everybody in here can get a Strong's. Strong's. A Strong's exhaustive concordance. You ought to have it. Because any word that is in the Bible is in that Strong's. And all you got to do is know the alphabet, and you can look up the area where you're being tempted. And then you go to the passage. You look up key words like temptation. I'm being tempted. You're likely to be led to familiar passages like this one. Quote, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful. Can everybody say that with me? God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. He's got his hand on the dial. He's got his hand on the dial. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you what? Say it with me, a way out, an exit door. See that exit sign? When you're in the middle of a temptation, God is faithful to show you an exit door. And you take it while the taking is good. Because if you don't take it as soon as you see it, the more time that elapses, the more likely you're not going to walk through that door. But he says, God is faithful to give you an exit door. Look around for it. If you're in the middle of a temptation, there's an exit door flashing somewhere because God is faithful to give it to you. All right? So that you can endure the temptation. Now, I just read that out of the Bible and I'm in the middle of thinking, should I try that drug? Should I do that? Should I go in that direction? And I see the Bible says, look, what you're experiencing is common to all people. You are not unique. You're not alone. You're not weird. You're not isolated. You are experiencing what many others have also experienced. And I want you to know that your God is faithful to give you an exit door. You ought to take that exit door, take it right now while the taking is good. And so he will open that door so that you can stand the temptation. Now I read that and it immediately invades the darkness of that temptation. Once I'm there at that verse, here's what you do. Take advantage of your cross-references found in the margin. Now you got your Bible there. You look over to the middle of the page or the bottom of the page. Somewhere there is a margin. And if you'll look in your verse, the verse in Corinthians, you will see A in front of one word, B in front of another word, C if the verse is nice and long in another word. And when you go A and go over to the margin and go to the verse number and see that letter, then you know that it's taking you to another passage that is also about temptation. So you can begin writing the cross-references and do a Bible study just by looking at those cross-references. One of the fundamental principles, watch this, church. This is real practical, real basic, but boy, we need to understand this. One of the fundamental principles of biblical interpretation is that Scripture is its own best interpreter. The infallible rule of interpretation of Scripture is the Scripture itself. And therefore, when there is a question about the true and full sense of any scripture, you should search and know by other places that speak to the issue more clearly. For this reason, the most important feature of any edition of the Bible, aside from the quality of the translation itself, is the system of cross-references provided in the margin. So Pastor Jeff, why are you bringing this up? Because some people don't know their Bibles. Some people are brand new in the faith and they get tempted, and the devil tries to shoot them out of the saddle before they really get going. So when you're tempted, you gotta go to the Bible, to the area where you're being tempted, read a passage, 
and then take those cross references and it will take you here, then there, then another place, then another place. And you give it like 30 minutes and you will find that you did a whole Bible study on your own just by using the cross references. Before Pastor Jeff comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple of important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, hardwired.org. You'll find today's program along with all of Pastor Jeff's messages. There's a growing list of great things to check out at the site. So hop on over and check it out, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. And be sure to tell your friends about the program. We know you're being blessed by it. I'm sure your friends will be as well. We're here to reach as many people for the Lord as we can. So getting the word out will help us on this mission. And that's what this program is all about. And Pastor Jeff's back now for the conclusion of today's program. He says the cross-references help the reader to find out the meaning of any hard place by comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Let me give you a for instance. As I read 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that we just read, no temptation has taken you, but such is a common man. In my Bible, I have a New King James Version. When I go to it in my Bible, the cross-references in the margin lead me to 1 Corinthians 1, verse 9, and Psalms 125, verse 3. Now, when I go to those passages, there's cross-references there too. And those cross-references at 1 Corinthians 1, 9, in turn, lead me to Isaiah 49, verse 7, and John 15, verse 4. Just following the cross-references will take me on a thorough study of the subject of temptation and God's ability to deliver me from it. So I start out with one verse, but because of the cross-references, I come away with 10 verses, 20 verses, and I'm not a theologian. You know, I'm newborn. I don't know the Bible good, but I can follow A, B, C. So use your cross-references to go to more passages to beat the devil over the head and deliver yourself from temptation. I want to encourage you, when you go home tonight, try it. You'll like it. Just try it. Pick any topic. Try it. And if you want a Strong's Concordance, we've got them for sale back there. It's not much money. I've, got, I've still got this, the Strong's Concordance that I had when I was still single, when I was 19. I used to sit at my table and go through that thing. It amazed me. Nothing that's in the Bible is not in that Strong's. Everybody happy? Yeah. Say cross-reference. cross-reference. Use them. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, use them or lose them. Now, another way to try the spirits, aside from the word of God, is by knowing how the Lord sounds as opposed to how the enemy sounds. That is, how does Jesus approach us? And how does the enemy approach us? Jesus taught in John 10, verses one through three, watch this carefully. I didn't catch this for a long time, but this really came alive to me. He says first, most assuredly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep do what? Hear his voice. And he, what does he do? Calls his own. How does he do it? By, so say with me, he knows my name. He's going to call you by your name. He knows your name. 
He calls you by name and leads you out. Now, I want you to notice what's in three words that were there. Notice that Jesus spoke of a door of entry. And then he talked about the sheepfold, which is a sheep pen, where the sheep are kept. And he described a thief and a robber whose method of entry into the sheep pen was to sneakily climb over the wall rather than go through the door. So what is the door and what is the sheep pen and what is the wall that the robber climbs over? Watch this. The door is your will. The door is the will of man. The sheep pen is your heart, your life. We open the door of our hearts to the Lord when we hear him knocking. Jesus said in Revelations 3 verse 20, look, I stand at the door and I knock. What's the door? It's my heart. I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and do what? There's your will in operation and open the door. I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. That is, you'll get to know me and I will get to know you. We will be in fellowship together. So the Lord knocks on the door. The door is our heart. We open the door with our will. And when we open the door, he comes into our life and he fellowships with us. Jesus is a gentleman. He doesn't force his way into our lives. Notice he knocks. He invites, he beckons, he calls, he woos, but he doesn't force. How does the voice of the Lord approach us? How does the Lord approach us? He invites, he beckons, he calls, he knocks, but he doesn't force. The thief, on the other hand, climbs in some other way. Now, what is that way? I'm gonna tell you what it is. It's through your emotions and your reasoning. God is after your heart. The devil goes after your mind every time, all right? The Lord knocks like a gentleman and waits for you to open and let him in. The devil sneaks in without your permission. He sneaks in. And his best pathway of attack is emotions and reasoning. Remember the day that Jesus said to his disciples, I'm gonna to go to Jerusalem, I'm gonna be crucified. They're gonna whip me, they're gonna beat me, they're gonna crucify me. And what did Peter do? He got overwhelmed with emotion. And he said, far be it from you, Lord, far be it from you, don't talk that way. And Jesus wheeled around and didn't even talk to Peter. He said, Satan, I rebuke you. For you savor not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. What had happened there? Peter got emotional. He was picturing his Lord, the one that he had grown to love, being crucified, being taken away from them, and emotion took over. And when the emotion took over, the devil used his emotions and latched onto him and started trying to talk Jesus out of the cross. Jesus immediately recognized the source and said, I rebuke you, Satan. You do not want the things that be of God, the things that be of men. And Peter was probably standing there looking at him like a deer stares at a new gate. Like what? Calling me the devil? He didn't know it, but the devil just gotten hold of him. James said, hell can light your tongue on fire. If you get emotional, it's through our emotions and reasoning. The thief appeals to our desires and our rationality. He climbs in some other way. Our thinking processes. 
Rather than gentle beckoning like Jesus, he bombards you with ideas and feelings. That's why the scriptures talk about pulling down strongholds and identifies those strongholds as being thoughts, reasonings that promote and exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Because the devil goes to work in your mind. How do you know about this faith stuff? That Bible is not the word of God. This all happened by evolution, not by the creation of God. Do what you want to do. Live your own life. Your life is yours. It's not God's. Go ahead, Eve, eat of it. God's just robbing from you, stealing from you. He attacks the mind, the thoughts, the emotions, and he climbs in that way. He forces his way into our lives through the gateway of emotionalism and reasoning contrary to the word. We can try the spirit or the voice that is speaking by recognizing its method of approach. Our shepherd enters through the door every time. God's always led me by my heart. Always. How about you? He's always led me by my heart. Now, I intellectually study his word, for sure. But my heart's involved the whole time. He speaks to my heart, warms my heart, gets my heart zealous. He gives me divine Holy Ghost heartburn. Okay? So he deals with my heart. But the enemy comes in another way and tries to lure us by thoughts and by feelings. Lure us by, and feelings can seem so much like God. I mean, it's so hard sometimes because if something looks right, feels right, seems right, appears right, it's so easy for you to think it's God. Ooh, when I'm around that person, I just feel so good. And you're single and you've been around them a little bit. Only problem is they don't know Jesus. But your heart is being warm. I mean, you're just, you just know there's got to be something in this because you feel so good when you're around them. And, and there's got to be something of God in this because I wouldn't feel this way if God weren't in it. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. You got to run everything through the sifter of God's word. Our shepherd enters through the door. He knocks on the door by calling, wooing, and beckoning. He comes in with your permission when you open it. Satan, on the other hand, threatens intimidates, working on the basis of fear. Here's what he says. If you don't do this, he says, you will suffer. Bad things are going to happen if you don't do this. You're always going to be alone. Your needs are never going to be met. You're going to miss out on life. And he tries to get you to take a wrong step by fear. He moves by intimidation. Are you ready? The shepherd never does. Jesus beckons while Satan orders. The enemy drives you, compels you, pushes you. He uses urgency. Do it right now. You better do it right now. <laughs> but not Jesus. The true shepherd goes ahead of us. He goes down the road a little bit and he says, says the shepherd calls his own sheep by name. It's personal. Here, Jeff. Come here, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. I'm over here. Come on. Come on, Jeff. I'm coming, Jesus. He doesn't say, Get over here, or I'm going to vaporize you. He says, come on, Jeff. Come on. I say, okay. He knows my name. I recognize that voice. He's not pushing, cajoling, pressuring, threatening. He's calling. He knows us. Next, Jesus said he leads them out. He walks ahead of them, and they follow him. Why, everybody? Because they know his voice. They recognize his approach. Jesus beckons. He goes ahead of us and leads. He doesn't push, force, 
like Satan does. God beckons, Satan drives. The Lord leads, Satan pushes. God gives peace, Satan leads by fear. As I train myself to understand the way God approaches, I'm less and less likely to be deceived by another voice, the voice of the stranger. We can try the spirit by how it approaches. If it's hasty, pushy, demanding, or threatening, you can bet it's not the voice of the Lord. We appreciate you listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Every program we do has one main thing in mind, and that's to share the hope and good news of Jesus Christ to people who need to hear this message and hardwire the teaching into their daily life. That's what this ministry is all about. So if you've been encouraged by the message, we would love to hear about it. Pick up your phone and give us a call at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. Or go online to our website at hardwired.org. And be sure to bookmark the web address to your favorites folder so you can come back often. Also, would you consider getting on board with us as a faithful ministry partner? Your valuable contribution makes a big difference to us in helping to get the message of the gospel out through this program to people everywhere. Your generosity along with this ministry is reaching people in a way that you may never have the ability to do on your own. So jump on board as a hardwired partner by calling us at 877-884-3111 or go online to hardwired.org, 877-884-3111 or hardwired.org. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you so very, very much. Have a great rest of the day and thanks for listening to Hardwired. Hardwired.